Uh, tonight, we're going to be looking at the five elements of worship. <laughs> if you remember, uh, we started on talking about worship and why worship was important and what worship <laughs> involved. And, it, and of course, if you <laughs> sort of looked at uh, the word itself, when you worship something, you are saying that something is worthy. It, it has worth uh, to worth-ship. It, you are giving worth to it. You are ascribing worth. Well, you don't worship something that has no worth. And so this is why when, when people will talk about, well, you know, what does talking to the Lord, what is talking to the Lord worth to you? Well, I don't pray. I don't read the Bible. I don't talk to the Lord. I, he's not worth it for me to do that. Um, that's where you feel, <clears throat> can feel at times like, you know, if, um, if somebody, uh, you know, doesn't call, doesn't speak, uh, you call, you text, you try to, uh, you know, the natural feeling is it must not be worth much of their time, right? right. I, they don't respond. Now you can say, well, no, I was busy, and I, I understand there's, I'm, you know, we all get busy, et cetera, et cetera. But if you show worth by the attention that you give it. And so when you t think of worship, uh, of what is something worth, you have to have some sort of love, some sort of an emotional connection. If you don't have an emotional connection, then you can't truly ascribe it as being worth anything. I mean, you know, um, uh, you know, I, I, I pray for people that I know. They are worth something. They are, do I, sure, when we have a list, I can go down that list because I know somebody here may have put in a name and I may not know who that is uh, that's on that list, but because somebody that is worth something to me says they're praying for it, but uh, I don't really know them. I don't, but I will pray because of, of that connection. And so, the, you know, um, they're worth something because they're worth something to them. You know, just like uh, I, I don't know, count on a few moments that I met Luvdissa, you know, your daughter-in-law. And I, maybe I've never met her, maybe just at a funeral or something that I, I, she could walk in here and I wouldn't know her. And yet I've prayed numerous times for her. Because she's worth something to Sister Ninover. You, you understand? And so my, my prayer for Ludissa is because I give her worth. Yes. Not because I really don't know Ludissa. Sure, will I pray if somebody were to say, everybody pray for, uh, you know, uh, Bill Finkenliner. Well, uh, if, if you don't know Bill Finkenminer, uh, but because I said pray for him, you go, Lord, 
touch Bill Finkenmeiner, I don't know, pastor knows him somehow, who knows, and we'll pray. But will you think about him tomorrow? Probably not. Now that I've said his name, you might think about him when you <laughs> hear the blog again and, and start praying for him. And let me just bring all of your, your prayers down. I don't even know a Bill Finkenmeiner, so... My point is, uh, you don't have to pray for him. Uh, uh, but anyway, um, that being said, you have a love connection. You have to have a love connection on a level in order to ascribe it worth. You understand? And so there has to be an emotion. And if a person says, well, I have no emotional connection to anybody. I don't want anybody to be connected to me. I don't want anybody to be... I'm sorry, no man's an island. You are going to, you know, if you're in the family of God, and, uh, and, and we all know about that. We've been to camp meetings or to special services, and a minister say, uh, there's a man in so-and-so's church that needs prayer, or a... And you go, oh, wow, I'll pray for him. But it's out of the love for the body. Right. You understand what I'm saying? The love for the people of God. And it's the love. And so you ascribe worth to it. It's worship. And so the first element of worship has to be love. It, it, you have to have a love. And then the second element was a sense. And we talked about this already. We spent several. Uh, we spent a week on talking about love and maybe two, and then we talked about respect and reverence and honor. That's a, another level that, that sort of is like love, but it really is even uh, an additional sort of element that if you don't respect uh, or reverence or honor, you can't hardly worship. It's you, don't, you really can't worship. Uh, because worship involves not just only love, it's not just simply a praying for somebody, but it is then that you honor them. Yes. There, and that's how it begins to turn into worship itself, is that you are ascribing them respect or honor. <laughs> I may uh, <laughs> talk about uh, a politician, and I don't love them, and I don't, uh, uh, you know, I pray for them because the Lord tells me to, but I don't, I don't have any honor for them, okay? So there's not a real connection of worship there. You follow what I'm saying? I'm doing my duty. Who do I, who do I honor? I honor the Lord and His, His Word. And because His Word said... To pray for those that are in leadership. I'm not, I don't, I'm, my, that honor is not to the people. It's because the Lord said to do this. The Lord said to treat folks, to love my enemies, to do good to those that despise, you know, the Lord said. And so <clears throat> my worship it becomes then an act of worship when uh, 
I don't treat them the way I feel like treating them. <laughs> now I know y'all don't ever bother, not bothered by feelings when somebody does something to you. <laughs> and you want to do. And then there's this little voice that says, bless those that curse you. Do good to those that... And so, <clears throat> when I go, I'm like, <clears throat> okay, that be my tongue. <laughs> that becomes an act of worship to God. Because what I'm showing is, Lord, I respect you more than I'm... I'm going to give vent to my feelings right now. You know, because I would like to say, to the moon, Alice. <laughs> but I don't do that because it's worship. And so it then becomes an act of worship. And, you know, <clears throat> you, we could talk about this a long time. What do you do when somebody throws rocks at you? Well, you have a couple of things. You either can pick them up and throw them back, or you can pile them together and make an altar. Whoo! Boy, this couldn't go over on Sunday morning, could it? You follow what I'm saying? You either are going to turn it into worship, and you can be honest with the Lord. Lord, right now, I mean, I've had people confess to me about getting in fights with Twizzler bags. <laughs> trying to get them open. <laughs> Nobody over here. <laughs> but the point of it all is, you, I, I then began to say, I'm going to build an altar. You follow a sense of obedience and integrity. Meaning that I cannot say that I love the Lord and that I honor the Lord if I don't obey the Lord. And we talked about that. The Lord said, who are my relatives? Those that hear my words and do them. You know, if a person says, well, I, you know, I do my own thing, but I love, you know, and I've had people say, well, I love the Lord, but I just don't think that he, and I don't, and I think, and I think, and I think, and I go, wow, you're not really willing to obey the Lord. Your worship is going to fall short. Because part of worship is obedience. And we remember the story, and we read it, a few weeks ago where the, you know, Saul goes and he says, I'm saving these lambs for sacrifice. Remember? I want to offer them to the Lord. And the prophet had told him, kill everything. And he goes, oh, but I'm saving a little bit as an offering. And what did the prophet say? Obedience is better than to sacrifice. So don't 
Don't tell me that you want to, you know, if you're not willing to obey and you're not willing to walk in integrity. And, and we know that from having family, having children, raising children. You know, when you feel like as a parent that a child is disobeying and if you feel like they're doing it intentionally and with whatever, it's hard to feel like, well, I'm not worth very much to you. You know, and I, I would like for if Brother White was here, Brother Rogers is here, my dad is here, and others that have been in the ministry and others that have pastored and, and so forth. And I would um, dare you to ask any of them tonight, and you can ask me, I'm going to tell you my answer, but you can ask any of them. Um, not everybody listens and does everything I tell them to do. Not here, not in Arkansas, not when they call me on the phone and need counseling. <laughs> huh? I am appreciative of those that do, but do I think that everybody obeys? No. And, you know, why? Because they ascribe how much worth they want to put to my words. If they think, oh, well, he doesn't understand the full story, or he doesn't know, or well, you don't know, or well, I think, then what they're saying is my thoughts are worth more than your words. Right. How I think about it, how I feel, is worth more than what you've said. You know, if I tell Siobhan, Siobhan, don't do that, you could get hurt, and she looks at me, no, you don't understand, I won't get hurt. What is she basically saying? I know more than you know. And has she ever done that? There have been a few times that we've, you know, we've crossed swords, and I go, 63. 10, 63, 10, I'm the bigger number, I've lived longer, my words are worth more than your words, don't argue, ever, ever, maybe y'all have never done that, that's sort of a southern thing that parents did. <laughs> So there's got to be love, respect, obedience, and then the fourth one. We've got five elements, and we're going to try to finish these last two. And, and I know it's Wednesday night, and I know you all know how to worship. And it is clapping your hands. It is raising your hands. It is bowing your knees. It is crying. It is singing. It is clapping. All of that is praise. But when you really worship, it should be love, respect obedience, because we've all known and seen individuals. And those on Wednesday night probably have had the dubious honor of seeing hundreds of people come through church doors that have a great praise experience on Sunday morning, but their lives don't 
start obeying the Lord. Do you understand what I'm saying? And we would go, wow, they were really worshiping Sunday. I would argue that maybe the better way to describe it is they were really praising. You understand what I'm saying? That they really, because to get to worship involves love, respect, obedience, and then what Malachi said in the first chapter, sixth verse, the next element, we offer, you offer polluted bread on my altar. And you go, well, what's polluted? And then in that you say the table of the Lord is contemptible. In other words, the very fact that you say, well, this is such a pain. It's such a problem. If you offer the blind for sacrifice, is it not evil? Offer lame and sick, is it not evil? Offer it now to your governor and see if he'll be pleased. Accept thy person, saith the Lord of hosts. And now I pray you beseech God that he will be gracious unto us. Thus hath been your means. This hath been by your means. Will he regard your persons, saith the Lord of hosts. Wow, this is by your means he will regard you. That's a powerful statement. It is exemplified in the New Testament when Jesus goes to the synagogue and who does he draw attention to? The widow that put in two mites or two pennies. And what did the Lord say? She hath given her all. And so that last phrase, this hath been by your means. Will he regard your persons? So in other words, the sacrifice, real worship involves a sacrifice. And I'm sure we, we listened and I, I, I was listening to Brother Henry as he was talking about some sacrifices they've made and I and wasn't trying to draw attention to it, wasn't trying to say, oh, woe is me. I know Brianna uh, <coughs> taught, was a school counselor or whatever it was and gave that job up so they could travel and of course, you know, doing their best to evangelize. And is it a sacrifice? Sure. Is it a sacrifice living in a trailer? Sure. And oh, well, maybe it's not as hard as uh, planting a garden and it's not this and it's not that, but everybody has to be willing to sacrifice. And if you say, well, I'm not going to sacrifice for God, Unfortunately, that's a part of worship. And, and, and Malachi later goes on in the third chapter and talks about robbing him in tithes and offering and all of that. But what you give to God, and I know <clears throat> I was in college, I was living off out of my parents' home and was coming home on the weekends and, uh, to go to church and would come in sometimes Friday, sometimes Saturday, and would go back to the college on Saturday, Sunday evening. And um, my mom and dad had a curfew for me. 
I was in college. The guy across the hall from me was growing pot in his room. Later became the prosecuting attorney for the state of Arkansas, but while he was in college, he was growing head pot plants. My roommate kept beer in his refrigerator that we shared. I'm a grown adult. You're not telling me. My folks said, you're not coming in late on Saturday night because the Lord deserves you to be wide awake on Sunday morning. So my folks were very cruel. <laughs> Sometime, if you met them, you would realize the cruel, mean, spirited attitude that they had. Um, sacrifice. Well, I'm grown. I don't know. We give God our best. You need to have six, seven hours sleep, eight hours sleep, go to church and worship, and not come in two, three, four o'clock in the morning. And so, I mean, midnight. Now, can you imagine? I had to be home at midnight. I had to be home before Sunday got there because Sunday was the Lord's day. I, that's why I said they were cruel. <laughs> but our time, our energy, our thinking, our finances, our dreams, our plans, you know, oh Lord, do I, what do I give to him? Do I just, man, I'm busy, oh, man. I'm watching the news, I'm watching the Olympics, I'm watching the, oh, praise God, I'm watching the Olympics, praise God, oh, Lord, I love you, I love you. I wonder what they scored now, oh, Lord. Oh, huh? We had a man, for many years, I thought was hard of hearing, he had a wire running out of his ear down into his shirt pocket. I thought it was a hearing aid. Until one night he was getting a blessing because the Cardinals were winning the World Series. <laughs> he had a little transistor radio in his pocket. And all of a sudden, whoo, man, his hands shot up. <laughs> I thought, He's learned, he's worshiping for the first time. I'm seeing intense worship. Unfortunately, it wasn't. <laughs> so, you know, remember what David said when they were, the, they, Obed-Edom wanted to give him his land. He said, no, 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 no. I will not offer burnt offerings to the Lord of something that costs me nothing. 
I will give him my best. That's why the word tithe is technically is supposed to be like the first fruits. It's like my best. It's like the first offering. It's like the first bushel. It's like the first lings of the flock when you go back to what Abel offered in, in the Old Testament. And I, I understand. I understand. Some people say, well, I'm going to wait, make sure I can pay all my bills. And if I have some, then I'll give some to the Lord. And that's, I, I'm not managing how you manage your money. But my point is, it, technically, he wants our first. He wants a sacrifice that he doesn't, I don't cut him off. I cut off the extra cheeseburger. Do you understand? And, and everyone in here, and I know it's a Wednesday night, and I, Brother Reagan, I should have mentioned Brother Reagan when I was mentioning all these ministers, that pastors that have been, they can tell you, not every, Brother Reagan, everybody always obey everything you say? No. No. And sacrifice? Yes. And let me just tell you, let me be very candid with you. When you sacrifice, you better make sure you're doing it to him or you'll get bitter. You know how much I have given? You know what I have done for this? Do you know what I... Think about it, yes. Absolutely. And... Look at how I'm being treated. Look at what they're doing. Look at my, look, huh? Now what are you going to do? Lord, now I'm going to turn it into worship. I did it. Not for them. I did it because I felt like I was doing it unto you. And if you can do that, then you won't be bitter. I've had people that have said, you know, I did this and I did that and I did this and I did that and they are and they are. You know what? Don't do it unless you can do it as under the Lord. If you can't, that's why the Lord says, if you give a cup of water, do it how? Jesus' name. Why? Why do I do it in Jesus' name? Because I, I, I'm doing it as unto him. I'm making the sacrifice for him. Because if I think, now I gave you a cup of water yesterday, and you're asking for another cup of water today? Hello. And why don't you give me a cup of water? I've already... I've lost the blessing. I've lost all of it is gone. You see at that moment. Why? Because the sacrifice has to be for him. And and then then you you do it as and and I to be very candid with you. There are people that I that you know that we've helped. There are people that they will come to the church and they need money and there are people that will say, I need this and I need that. And we've given away thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. But I, I do it as unto 
And I, and I, if, and maybe it's the wrong thing to do, but I just take a moment and I say, Lord, you know, and if I, if I feel a check and the Lord says, it's not probably the best thing to do, I say, I'm sorry, we don't have it. Why? Because I have to honor God first. And you say, well, the Lord won't let me know. Oh, yeah, he will. Ask him. Lord, do you want me to? And, and there have been times that, you know, I've said no and and then the next day I get a call from a missionary or something that needs money and I'm thinking, you know what? We'll give to that. And I just said yesterday no to this person. Well, how do you do that? Was it because they're a missionary? No, there have been missionaries that I've said, we can't do it right now. But you, do you follow what I'm saying? That you still do it as unto the Lord. Why? Because it's an act then of worship. It is an act of worship. And that's the point. In all of this is that I want to have an act of worship. So here we have the first four. Love, respect or honor, integrity, giving is number four. Uh, obedience and integrity is number three. And then giving uh, tithing, whatever it is, as an act of worship. And so you're right when people give in the offering and there are times whenever they, and, and the person you say, well, I feel bad. I, I can't give a thousand. I can't give 5,000. I can't give a uh, hundred. I can only give a dollar. Do it as unto the Lord. And guess what? I'll take you to a story that I read in the book of Acts. You can come up and tell me, I gave everything, Pastor. And I'll shake your hand and say, praise the Lord. Thank you. But don't tell me that if you didn't. Because he judges according to my sacrifice. You know, hallelujah. The 10th verse, first chapter, the fifth element. Malachi, the first chapter, 10th verse. Who is there even among you that would shut the doors for naught? Neither do you kindle a fire on my altar for naught, for nothing. I have no pleasure in you, said the Lord of hosts. Neither will I accept an offering at your hand. Now he says, basically, I won't accept an offering. For from the rising of the sun, even unto the going down of the same, my name shall be great among the Gentiles. And in every place incense shall be offered unto my name and a pure offering. For my name shall be great among the heathen, saith the Lord of hosts. But ye have profaned it, in that you say, the table of the Lord is polluted, and the fruit thereof, even his meat is contemptible. You have said, where is, behold, you said also, behold, what a weariness is it. 
oh, I'm getting so tired of doing this, of, of offering sacrifices, of paying my tithes, of going to church. I'm getting so weird. I am so tired of it. You have snuffed at it, saith the Lord. You have brought that which was torn and lame and sick and an offering. Should I accept this at your hand? In the Amplified Version, it says, Oh, that there were even among you whose duty it is to minister to me. Now he's talking about priests. And we are all supposed to be what? Kings and who would shut the doors that you might kindle a fire on my altar to no purpose, an empty, futile, frutal, fruitless pretense. I have no pleasure in you, saith the Lord of hosts, nor will I accept an offering from your hand. You say, what a drudgery and weariness, and you sniffed at it. Who would have thought that your heart would have a central part of your worship. Oh, it's just so, the intent of your heart, the motives of your heart, the Lord checks the heart. Did I do it to be seen? This is why in the New Testament the Lord said, don't fast like the Pharisees fast. Huh? Why? Oh God, it's just so, so horrible. Today's my fast day. Want everybody to know I'm fasting today. Please don't talk to me because I am fasting. Fasting, fasting, fasting. He said, don't do it like they do it. Don't draw attention to it. Well, I understand. If your husband, your wife asks, what's up? You're not eating. You can say, well, I'm just fasting a meal. But that's one thing. You don't have to lie and say, oh, I had a stomach bug and I don't want to tell. I mean, don't compound it by telling this falsehood. Let's be honest. But at the same time, you're not trying to draw attention to it. And this is why, you know, and I understand, you know, the board was talking about, you know, we need to try to get some people to make pledges and, and they, we all talked about it. And yet we know at times that can put pressure on people. Make a pledge. Are you going to give? And then there's a little bit of subtle pressure. Oh, wow, he gave 100. I got to give 100. He gave 500. I got to Anybody know what I'm talking about? We've all been in services like that and I'm not saying they're sinful or bad. I'm just saying that that's the... And their heart is like, I'm doing this because I don't want them to think that I can't do it and I don't want... And that's the wrong reason. We'll talk about helping and paying off lots and all that, but we want you to give and it doesn't matter if somebody else gives more or less. The Lord... It's going to measure you according to your sacrifice. And an individual can say, well, I don't, you know, oh, so-and-so gave, now I got to give, and there's subtle pressure and all of that. I got to make sure, and I, and has anybody ever been susceptible to that? I want to just tell you all something, in case you don't know, there's a bill.
building out here in Newark with a little hoop on it like a basket that was built on pressure. Longerberger. They had these little parties. Anybody ever go to one? And everybody's buying a little basket. <laughs> I don't, man, that's a whole lot for a basket. But you know what? I don't want Susan to think I can't afford a basket. <laughs> huh? Did it work? For a while, now look at it. Huh? Do you, you follow the heart? The intent of the heart. Let, let, me, let me show you what the Bible says about that. I know in, in Psalms, David said, let the words of my mouth and what? Be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. There have been some things when the Lord has stopped me because my heart wasn't right. I was saying it for a different motive. Huh? Oh, Lord, cleanse my heart. You know, am I being... Catty, sarcastic, my being mean. When I say, oh honey, I love burnt toast. Huh? Uh, I hear it makes you sing pretty. You must have eaten a lot of it. Is my heart right? Well, I was complimenting her. Huh? What's my mouth and my... David said, oh, hallelujah. It's worship sometimes that I keep my mouth shut or that I open my mouth when my heart... David said in Psalms 55, they fear not God. God, he hath put his hands against such as it be at peace with him. He hath broken his covenant. The words of his mouth were smoother than butter. But war was in his heart. His words were softer than oil. Yet they were drawn swords. I, you, you can make cheap clothes look so good. Am I saying that because I'm complimenting them? Or am I saying you're wearing cheap clothes? Huh? Ooh! <laughs> I know what I'm talking about? It says, when you know the ways. Isaiah said, Wherefore saith the Lord, for as much as this people draw near me with their mouth, and with their lips they do honor me, but have removed their heart from me. And their fear is taught by the precept of men. This is why he said, not everybody that says, Lord, Lord. 
is going to heaven because when you say Lord, you are saying he's your master. And if you're not obeying him and you're not honoring him and you're not respecting him, and you say, Lord, your heart is not in this. Let <clears> me <throat> go on. Isaiah, Matthew, in the New Testament. Oh, generation of snakes, he called them. How can you, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Now, what do you mean? We've all been guilty of getting so angry and we say something with our mouth and it was flowing out of here. Huh? And it splashed out and I think, oh Lord, I wish I wouldn't have said that. That was an inside word. Huh? That's why David would say it like this. Wash me, Lord. Cleanse me on the inside. Anybody ever had to do that? Ever had to pray? Lord, clean my heart. Clean my mind. I mean, I, I can listen to so much news and so much yaya until I get to feeling like I'm ready to, you know, say something I shouldn't. Get angry. Get frustrated. Somebody the other day told me, said, COVID-19 has made me so thankful that China was able to invent something that lasted longer than a year. And I had all kind of thoughts that went through my head when they said that. Lord, my heart, huh? Matthew, the 15th chapter, that was Matthew 12th chapter, 15th chapter. People draw nigh to me with their mouth, honor with their lips, almost the very same thing that Isaiah had said, but their heart is far from me. Romans, the 10th chapter, he says, but what... Saith it, the word is nigh unto thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach, that if you shall confess with your mouth and what? Believe in your heart that the Lord raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. For with the heart man believeth to righteousness, with mouth confession is made unto salvation. What are you saying? That that's why when we somebody preaches and we have an evangelist and they preach or they teach or they tell a story and we hear the word and we are believe it in our mind and in our mouth, we start saying, Lord, you can do that for me. And then I start believing it here. Yeah. Boom! All of a sudden a miracle. It's not the evangelist. The evangelist didn't bring faith. He didn't bring revival, but I got myself in line. You know? And, and so it is that very sense of connecting inside my mouth and my heart 
my mind, Hebrews, for the word of God is quick, powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing asunder the soul and spirit and the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Now that's an important thing, but uh, Sister Marshall in Lone Oak used to always say, if I know my heart, that was her little phrase, if I know my heart, and she'd say whatever it was. I always wondered why she said that. If I know my heart, whatever it was. But sometimes our heart is desperately wicked. Unfortunately, it's not always black and white. Sometimes my heart is, I'm 5% this, and I'm 8% this, and I'm, huh? And that's when I have to go to the Lord and say, Lord, wash my heart. I want it to all be part of my worship to you. I want to be able to say it with clean hands and a pure heart. Somebody said something. Somebody's done something. I want to be able to say with clean hands and a pure heart. And does that require me sometimes to pray through? Because I have to work on this. And guess what? You don't know. Oh, you might be able to think you know. And you may be right 90% of the time. But you don't know my heart. No man can judge my heart. I can't even judge it. It's desperately wicked. The only thing that can judge it is what? The Word of God. And so when the Word goes, uh-oh. says, neither is any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and open under the eyes of him with whom we have to do. Who shall ascend under the hill of the Lord? Who shall stand in his holy place? Who did he say? He that hath is doing right with his hands. Everybody say clean hands. And a pure. And is not full of pride. Hath not lifted up his soul to vanity. And has maintained his integrity. Has not sworn deceitfully. He nailed four things right there. What you do. How you feel. Pride and sworn deceitfully. That's why David prayed, as I quoted a while ago, Lord, create in me a pure heart, a clean heart. Create in me a clean heart. Renew a right spirit in me. What are you saying? I'm saying that when you and I are going through whatever we're going through and being bombarded and people and reports and government and yah yah and oh getting punched on every side relationships stress it's more important than ever that we build an altar and worship God that we worship him with our heart that we worship him and you say well that's a sacrifice oh really don't worry, you can't outgive. 
And I'm not talking just about tithes and offering. Yeah, that's a, that's a part of it. And that's what Malachi goes on later and says, you've robbed me. And I, I understand that. But whether it's your energy, your attention, your, huh? I don't have time to study the Word. I don't have time to read the Word. But I've watched every episode of Hannity or Morning Joe or whatever it is. I tape them, but I want to hear them. And whomever it is. And I'm not against any of them. But have I read the Word today? Have I talked to the Lord today? And I have people that I wonder... Have you, did you hear anything? You know, I, you, you've read Levine's books and you've got his podcast and I'm not against him, but I'm telling you, if you spend all your time on that and you don't ever say, Lord, unfortunately, they're not going to be the ones that are going to clean your heart. As a matter of fact, most of them When you get through, you're ready to shoot something. Somebody better watch out. You know? Because I absolutely believe it. That's why they tell you to, that's why they put all the ads to buy gold and silver and bullets and on those shows. Because by the time I get through with 15 minutes, I'm ready to do all of that. Take the gold out of my teeth and melt it down and, and buy some more bullets. Okay, you may not be susceptible to it, but I tell you what, it's a hard time just to worship the Lord with clean hands and a pure heart. Anybody? But you know what? If we would just come in on a Sunday morning or Sunday night and just this group that's here on Wednesday and we have cleansed our heart and we are here just to worship. Do you know what kind of power packed Sunday morning? Because if every one of us was a straw that tapped up into the glory and we begin to just worship. Lord, you are great. You are mighty. And you know, somebody sent me a thing of a little girl talking and she said, Hey, folks, you know, you either are an umbrella or you're a funnel. She said, an umbrella, you know, you put your hand like this and nothing can get on your head. A funnel... You're saying, pour it on me, pour it through me. I want to be a channel. Right, good. Good. Right, why? Because this world is desperately in need of the peace of God, the love of God, the mercy of God, the grace of God. You talk about being a lighthouse. You talk about people going, wow, what is it about you? I've been worshiping. Who in the presence of the Lord? And you got to understand, I'm building altars. I'm not throwing rocks. Oh, but you know what they said, and you know what they did, and you know how. 
Oh Lord, you are great. Oh Lord, create in me clean heart, clean hands, pure heart. Oh, hallelujah. I know I'm preaching to the choir. It's Wednesday night and we've had great services and I appreciate you being here and I, I, it's over now. We won't talk about worship anymore. But oh, I just, I can't imagine what would happen if every service, if just our Wednesday night crew that heard this would come in, be in a funnel and just worshiping God from the abundance of their heart. And let, Lord, I want your presence to flow through me. I want it to flow through me. I want it to, I want to be a channel for your presence. I, I want it to flow through me Lord and out of me what would trans pop, you know what would all of a sudden all of this service what would happen it would be turned upside down and, and what happened in the early church they thought it was awesome to be counted worthy just to be able to worship the Lord they worshipped him everywhere they went. It was with a pure heart. And obviously, if you can't do it with a pure heart, I'm not, don't fake it. Till you make it, I understand. Sure, you can raise your hands, but start repenting, asking the Lord, Lord, cleanse my heart. I've heard a lot of bad reports this week. The Delta variant is going to be overshadowed by the Lambda variant, which is going to be overshadowed by the Quadrantical van, van, variant. <laughs> you don't need to wear a mask until you need to wear a mask, and then you need to wear two masks. And I, Lord, you got this. Yes. I'm here to worship you. You got it, Lord. Yes. Uh, Say, well, what's going to happen? I don't know, but one thing I do know. You saw it all. This wasn't manufactured in China without your consent. Hallelujah. Let's stand. Praise God. That's good to have all of you here. I, I am not suggesting that you have to run the aisles every service to worship. But you have to put some love in it. It's gotta, it's gotta move you emotionally. If it doesn't move you emotionally, it's not worship. Oh God, I was uh... Huh? I can do. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. It's got to come from love. It's got to cleanse my heart. It's got to be some reverence. It's got to be some obedience. It's got to be some sacrifice. And, you know, I have heard from some of you and I have heard from people that have already gone on to be with the Lord of sacrifices that were made to serve the Lord. 
I remember when uh, one of the three little sisters sat in the middle, began to tell me about how when they got the Holy Ghost, they had to give up playing softball. What a sacrifice that was. I don't, was it Dorothy or was it, which one was it, Sister Bitt? Who? Elsie. What a sacrifice. Huh? Oh. And I understand we have my generation, I mean, I haven't sacrificed like some, obviously. You know, my, I don't compare to bread lines and the 30s and the stock market crash and what some of the folks went through. But the Lord will ask you to make a sacrifice. And it's going to be hard. That's why it's called a sacrifice. I'm not talking just about money. It may be not responding with your mouth. It might be smiling when you don't feel like smiling. Huh? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Oh, hallelujah. Let's thank the Lord for his word. Lord, we love you.